0: If you would like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at citychurchfriscoorg slash give. Thank you for listening. Today we're starting a new sermon series that we're calling Focus. Focus. And it's crazy how sometimes we get so busy in life and we just lose focus of the things that are important. We lose focus of our priorities. We lose, lose focus of, of many, many things. And I hope and I pray that as we walk through this sermon series that... Uh, All of us, including myself, we can get our focus back. Amen. So John chapter 5, verse 1. If you don't have your Bible, you're free to use your Bible app. If you don't have uh, a Bible app, then, you know, we're going to have it up here on the screen. But John chapter 5, verse 1. When you have it, say, "Amen." Amen. Amen. The Word of God says, Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie. The blind, the lame, the paralyzed, one who, has, who had been there, one who had who had been there an invalid invalid for 38 years when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time he asked him do you want to get well sir the invalid replied I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred while I'm trying to get in someone else goes down ahead of me then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. Let's pray. Father, we come before your presence at this moment. I thank you, God, for being so good. I thank you, Jesus, for Your word in our lives. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for your spirit that is working in each one of our hearts. I ask you, Lord, that as we uh, read through your word and as we receive this message, I ask you, God, that you would open our hearts, that you would open our minds for us to receive the word that you have for us today. Today, Lord, our heart is fertile soil. Today, Lord, our hearts are receptive. Today, Lord, our hearts are attentive. Today, Lord. We're seeking a word from you, and I ask you to speak into my life and to my brother and my sister's life. In Jesus' name we pray, and God's people said, amen. amen. Give God a hand, praise, and you may be seated. Hallelujah. A few years ago, we were, we were getting ready to, to go on a trip, and um, we've we've gone to this place several times, but... This year, we wanted to take uh, some pictures, and we thought, you know what, this might be the right time for us to buy a really, really nice camera. And um, I'm not a photographer at all. I I, I like taking pictures for the most part. But I I, I decided we're going to go buy uh, this camera, and and here it is. I I brought it to show us show and tell today. All right. And the reason that I bought this camera was because it looked pretty cool. And everyone said Canon was good. But the main reason is that it came with two lenses. The lens that's, I can actually take this lens off. But I was excited about this lens, the zoom lens, the, the magnifying lens, the, 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 the narrow lens. And when you use this lens, it's a wide-angle lens. You get to see more of the picture. It's further out. But I was looking forward to going to a Texas Rangers. This is back when I was really into the Texas Rangers. I was looking forward to going to a Texas Rangers game and taking a picture of Alex Rodriguez for some reason. I don't know why I wanted a picture of him, but I wanted a picture of him. And I remember that the first time I was looking through it, I, I started looking at at, at the camera And I start seeing all these buttons, and I see all these settings, ISO, uh, shutter speed, white balance. And I see all these scenes, and I just said, you know what? I'm just going to put it on auto. (laughs) It's got all this stuff. I don't have time to learn about any of this stuff. I'll just put it on auto. It surely must take better pictures than my iPhone. So... When the first time came that I was able to use it in a in, in real-life setting where there were some action shots that we wanted to take, um, I remember being very excited about using the, the zoom lens for the first time. And I, I, I set it up, I put the zoom lens on, and I, and I look like a dork here because I got this big old lens on, a, on my camera, and I really don't know what I'm doing but one of the things that I noticed with the zoom lens is that when I wanted to take a different type of picture, it was, very, it was a very big hassle to change the lenses because I could only take a certain type of picture with this lens. There were moments, especially when, because um, we would go take this to the baseball games as well for my son, there were moments, yeah, I wanted to get a good close-up of my son, but I, I wanted to back out so I, can, so I can see the whole picture, so I can see the whole field. And I found myself not really liking this idea too much because I had to switch the lenses. It was a hassle. And sometimes in our lives, we live our lives with the zoom lens in our, on our hearts. All we do is we, we narrow in, we zoom into our circumstance, we, we zoom into our problem, we zoom into our issue, we zoom in... To that thing that is giving difficulty in our lives, at the, we zoom into our finance, into our finances, we we zoom in into our marriages, thinking that that that, that, that if only uh, my spouse would change, and we we tend to not bother with the hassle of switching lenses and, and taking a step back and looking at the at the bigger picture. Because the Bible says that God works, together, works all things together for the good of those who love them. Even those things that you and I don't see. And when we have the zoom lens on in our hearts, in our lives, there are going to be certain things that you and I just don't see. Because we are so concentrated, we are so focused on our problem, on our issue. Because I'm the one going through the difficulty, I'm the one experiencing the pain. I'm the one that was lied to. I was. The, I'm the one that got betrayed. I'm the one that that's been deceived. I, I, I'm the one that's been hurt. I'm the one going through the. No one else understands the trouble I see. <laughs> we start singing. And church, you gotta understand what consumes your mind will control your life. What you're focused on, what you're constantly looking at, what you're constantly feeding yourself, that will begin to permeate into every area of your life and it will begin to control the way you step. It will control the way you talk. It will control the way you see. It will control the way you hear. There's been many times that as I'm, I, I'm speaking with my wife and I, I know sometimes that my heart may not be in the right place because my wife very lovingly tells me, Hey, you know what? I think that this could have been a little bit different and I get really defensive immediately. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. When I know that my wife is not out to get me. And Because maybe, maybe and at that moment I begin to think, you know what, what's going on in my heart? Where am I so focused that I can't step back and see the things that my wife is mentioning to me? Why am I so focused on one certain thing and I can't step back and see the things that God is trying to point out in my life be- through my wife, through the people who love me? Again, what consumes your mind will eventually control your life. And this Bible verse that we read in this story, the Bible tells us that Jesus decides to go into Jerusalem. And he goes into Jerusalem and he goes by this certain area that that there was a pool by the name of Bethsaida. And there's a very interesting thing that happened in this pool. Some other manuscripts mention this, that That there was an angel of the Lord that would time to time come to this pool, stir the waters, and that whoever got into the water first, after the waters were stirred, they would be healed. So a lot of sick people, a lot of people with problems would gather around this pool, waiting for the angel of the Lord to, to come stir the waters. And they were looking at that water as if that was the answer to their problem. They were looking at the water as if that's what they needed for them to be made well. And and Jesus comes into this area. And the Bible tells us that uh, he's having conversations with people. And he learns about this one person that's there that's been in this condition for 38 years. 38 years, 38 long years, 38 years that have passed by that he will never get back. And I wonder how many times in our lives do we go through our life we have issues, we have problems, and we don't even realize that time is just passing by. And by the time we we look back and we realize how long we've been dealing with this problem, how long we've been dealing with, with this issue of our heart, how long we've been dealing with this sin, how long we've been dealing with these, 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 these whatever it may be, these issues, these problems, we look back and say, wow, it's been 10 years. I, I can never go back. I can never get that time back. And Jesus finds out, hey, this guy's been like this for 38 years. He's been an invalid. He can't walk. He's got a problem. And in verse 6, Jesus saw him lying there and learned he had been in this condition for a long time. He asked him a question. The question is, do you want to get well ask your neighbor do you want to get well do you want to get well now I don't know about you but there's some people in my house that live there I'm not going to say names but these 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 little people that live there one of the most irritating Things about them is sometimes when I ask them a direct question, and it's a simple yes or no question, instead of giving me the yes or no answer, they, they, they start giving me an excuse as to why whatever it was that I'm looking for, investigating, or that whatever I'm asking them is not going to be the answer that I want. Have you cleaned your room? Well, Hannah. Well, I said a name. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't tell her I said. Don't tell them. Well, this person distracted me. That's not what I asked you. I asked you, did you clean your room? Well, it's because I got busy. I had homework. That's not what I asked. you. That's one of the most irritating things. I asked a simple question. Do you want to get well? Jesus asked the man, hey, I've learned about your story. 38 years, man, that's a long time. Do you want to get well? Sir, sounds like one of my kids, the invalid replied. Well, every time, The waters are stirred uh, as somebody else beats me to the punch. There's no one here to help me. There's no one here to drag me to the pool. There's no one here that understands the marriage difficulties in my life. There's no one here that understands the problems in my finances there's just no one here, God. I know that you're saying that you can heal me. I know that you're saying that, that there's hope. I know that you're saying that you came into this world for me and for, and for my salvation. But every time you call me, I'm just a little too busy. And Jesus is like, all I ask is, do you want to get well? You want here here's Jesus, the creator of the universe, the creator of this man, he who holds the world in his hands, creator of the law of physics. He put the sun and the moon in his place, the stars. He hung the stars in the sky. And this Jesus came to this world and he walks up to this man and says, Hey, do you want to get well? And I just want to tell you, church, that there are times in our lives. When God speaks directly into our hearts, whether it's through a message that's preached, whether it's through a song that we hear, whether it's through a loved one that spends time and gives us advice, and a question always is from God, do you want to get well? The man says, well, I have no one to help me. I have no one to drag me. As if, see here comes, the thing is that the answer to to this man's question was standing before him, but the man was too focused on the fact that he believed that the answer was in the water. And many times in our lives, we we want to accept God's help, but it's got to be the way that we approve of. Yeah, well, I do want you to heal my marriage, but I don't need you to do something in me. I need you to do something in... Insert. Whoever you want to insert. Yeah, I want you to help my finances, but it's not about budgeting. It's about you giving me a better job. It's about you giving me a raise. It's about you opening doors of opportunity so I can sing glory, glory, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And God is saying, no, 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 no. I am asking you, do you want to get well? I can get you well without the water. I can make you well all by myself. I don't need your help. I don't need anyone's help. The question you have to answer is, do you want to be made whole? Lord, I want to get better, but I just need some more money. And Jesus stands at the door of our hearts and says, I can make you better with the money you already have. It's not a question about whether or not God is going to open different doors. It is in that circumstance that you find yourself in this moment that God can do the miracle that you've been asking for. God can open that door that you've been praying for. God can give that healing that you've been fasting for. And it's just time for you to answer that question. Stop beating around the bush. Stop giving yourself excuses. Do you want to be made whole? Do you want to get well? What is the answer that you're going to give Jesus? Yeah. But man, we're, we're good at making excuses, aren't we? It's that spouse you gave me, Lord. <laughs> what did Adam say? It's that wife that you gave me. It's that boss that I have. And we make excuses, and, and I wrote this down because I want you guys to, to see this. Excuses are lies we tell ourselves so that it doesn't have to be our fault. We don't want to take responsibility. We don't want somebody pointing the finger at us. And we, we come up with excuses. We come up with reasons to to justify why we are in the circumstance that we find ourselves. (laughs) And we pray, and we, most of us, when we pray, we already know what we need God to do. We've got it figured out. Lord, I'm going through some... Marital problems, but Lord, I just ask you that you would change my my wife's heart. I would ask you that you would change my, my husband's heart. That anger issue that he has, that impatience that she has. Or, and we ask God to change everybody in the world but us. Because we have the solution. We know what we need. Lord, I know I've been not very... Good lately with our finances, but if you would just give me a $10 raise at church, at work, that church would be good too. <laughs> and if you would just give me that raise, I think things would be better. When it's not a question about throwing more money at the problem, it's a question about changing the issue in your own heart. And we... We get on our knees day after day and yeah, I believe, I, I believe that for the most part we all pray, but I wonder sometimes, are we praying the way we should be praying? Are we praying that God's will would be done in our lives, not mattering whether or not it makes us a little bit uncomfortable as to where God is going to put us or what God is going to do in our lives because we don't want to go through a valley. We don't want to hurt. And we just go ahead and say, God, you know what? I got it figured out. This is all you got to do. You give the five-step plan, and in Jesus' name, let it be. We pray. Praise the Lord. It sounds funny, right? But it's true. It's true. I have found myself doing this. And I know that, that this is something very difficult because we believe that we, we, we can only see one certain thing and we, we got this zoom lens in our, in our hearts. We got the zoom lens before us and all we see is the difficulty. All we see is the problem and we don't realize that if we were just to back up a little bit, if we were just to change the lens that we're using and, and use a wide angle lens, we'll begin to see all the things that God is doing on our behalf but we just haven't answered the simple question do you want to be made well? God says you know what I'm asking you the question and not because I don't know the answer I am the answer Jesus said that I am the way and the truth and the life. He didn't say I'm going to show you the way. He said I am the way. He didn't say I'm going to show you the truth. He said I am the truth. He didn't say I'm going to show you where to find life. He said I am the life. If you need direction, if you need purpose, come to me. If you need to understand what's going around in your life, then you need to come to me because I am the truth. If you feel that things are dying if your marriage is dying your finances are dying come to me because there is life in me I am the answer says Jesus do you want to be made well sir I have no one to help me into the pool when the water stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then in John chapter 5, verse 8, verse 9, we're going to put it up again. Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. And at once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and he walked. Back in 2003, those of you that have been here for a little while, you've heard this story. Back in 2003, my wife and I, we were in a terrible car accident. I broke my ankle in several places. I had to have a couple screws put in. And and when they did the surgery to put the screws in, there was a three-month period that I was non-weight-bearing. I couldn't put my weight on that leg so I was walking on crutches. I was uh, I, at, at the beginning. I was in a wheelchair because my balance was really bad. I'd been weakened by the by by just being in the hospital for about five days, and it, it was a terrible situation. But I remember that as I would go to the doctor's office, they would take X-rays. They would take pictures of my ankle. He would tell me, "Hey, it's, it's looking better. It's, it's doing good. It's it's, it's healing up." I'd go two weeks later. He said, yeah, you know what? I think soon, soon we're going to be able to to start transitioning into into putting some weight. And it will go on and on and on. And finally, three months later, he says, you know what? You're good. You're ready to go. And I look at him like, what do you mean I'm ready to go? Walk. I haven't walked in three months. And I remember that. I said, okay, when I get home, I'll walk. Do you want to take a step here? I said, no, I don't want to take a step here. I'll do it in the privacy of my home, thank you. And and I remember getting home, and I I got home, and I remember that we we took off all the straps, everything, and the boot and everything. I I was worried. I was really, really nervous. I was scared because I hadn't walked for three months. And let me tell you that the first step that I that I attempted to take, it was not a pretty thing. My leg was weak. I wobbled, and I was I was at least I was a little smart, and I was right next to something to hold on to. Uh, it took me a couple of, of weeks, maybe three weeks before I was able to start kind of walking with some semblance of normalcy. But I, I, we read the scripture and, and the Bible says that Jesus said, hey, pick up your mat and walk. And the Bible doesn't say that the guy struggled. The guy it doesn't say that he wobbled around like Bambi in the beginning. It, all it says is that he, that he, he got up. And at that instant he was cured that he picked up his mat and he walked. Hallelujah. But I believe that for the, cons- the, 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 the just making it concise, I don't think that it was as easy as it sounds. This guy had not walked for 38 years years. Some of us have not had a good marriage for the past five years. Some of us have been in financial trouble for ten years. Some of us have been having some difficulty and when you and I hear that you are victorious, you are more than a conqueror. We look at each other like, well, I don't feel too victorious. I don't feel like a conqueror. But I just want to tell you today church, God has already done it for you. God has already given you the answer. God says you need to just get up. You need to take a step of faith. You need to walk in the victory. You need to walk as a conqueror. It is time for you to stop making excuses. It's time for you to be the church that I called you to be. Tell your neighbor, he already did it. He already did it for you. But I'm scared to take that step. But he already did it. The doctor said, you're healed. It's strong. You got two screws to reinforce it. Nothing's going to move your ankle. Take a step. But wow, that step is hard. Because we think of the pain that we've gone through. You mean to tell me that if I'm going to, that God has already given me the finances I need to get out of the hole that I'm in? You mean I got to cut off some of the features on my smartphone? Oh my gosh, I got to be on Facebook. You mean I got to cut off a hundred channels from my package that I don't even watch? And we're wondering why are we struggling with our finances? Maybe, maybe if we made some better choices because God has already blessed you. God has already blessed me. And he said, you know what? I've given you everything because you're my child. I already did it for you. But it's time for you to take that step of faith. We we talked the past couple weeks. We walk by faith and not by sight. Do you already have it? It's time that, that we shift lenses. We take the, the zoom lens off of the camera of our hearts, and we take the zoom lens off our eyes, and, and we open up, and we realize that, that God has promised you and I some amazing promises Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 says let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us fixing our eyes on who? Come on church, fixing our eyes on who? Someone needs to say it with some conviction fixing our eyes on who? Because he is the pioneer. He is the perfecter. He is the consumer. He is the author of my faith. I will look at Jesus. Do you want to be made well? Yes, Jesus is my answer. Because I look to you. I don't look to the water. I don't look to what someone else may do. I simply look at you. I lift my eyes to the hills. Where will my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. From the creator of all the heavens and the earth Hallelujah. I look to Jesus do you want to be made well <laughs> Jesus was born into this world for you he knows you by name he knows the difficulty in your life. He knows the issues in your heart. He knows the sin you're struggling with. He lived a life that you and I could never live. He went to the cross and suffered the punishment that you and I should have suffered. He was buried in the tomb For three days, receiving the penalty that you and I should have received. But the Bible says that on the third day that the stone was rolled away and that all of a sudden the light came and the light of earth, the light from heaven walked out of the tomb in resurrection power and the same power that rose Jesus from the dead is the same power that's alive in you and in me. Come on church. I don't know if there's somebody that can get excited today and say, thank you. Lord for that resurrection power. I thought my marriage was dead. I thought my finances were dead. I thought my career was over but thanks to your glorifying power, thanks to your resurrection power, I am alive in you Jesus. You've been asking for that financial breakthrough. You already have it. It's in your hands. You've been asking for a better marriage. God has already given it to you. You've been asking God to extend his hand out to you. The very fact that you're sitting in these chairs, it's God reaching into your life saying, Come on, son. Do you want to be made well? Jesus says, That all authority was given unto him. And now that authority is given unto us. He said that we would do greater things than he even did. But it's going to take someone that needs that, it's going to take for somebody to believe that word. It's going to take for somebody to stop making excuses in their lives. It's time for somebody to take some responsibility and say, you know what, Lord, to this moment, to this time, I haven't lived the life that I should live but I hear your voice calling me. I hear the call of you in my life and I want to respond to you. And I know Lord that I am the head. I'm not to tell. I know Lord that your victory is my victory. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me yeah. <laughs> Do you want to be made well? Do you want stop using the zoom lens? It's time to change your focus. God has given us. Spiritual eyes for us to use. And it's time to change out that Zoom focus from your physical life and say, you know what, Lord? I'm tired of the life that I've been living. I'm tired of living in a broken marriage. I believe that there is more to my marriage. I believe that there is more to my family. I believe that there is more to this dysfunction that we've known and we've lived in. I believe there is more for me. I've been called to greater things. But we got to shift our view. And I stand here reminding you that Jesus is before you and asking you do you want to be made well what is your response today what is your response today in just a moment we're going to we're going to make we're going to do an altar call we're going to ask you to respond and you have a choice as you walk up to this place this is you responding to God and you have a choice when you come up here are you going to bring the same excuses that you've always brought or are you going to just answer God's question yes I want to be made well yes I believe you've already done it. Though it's scary, though I think it's going to hurt, I will pick up my mat and I will walk. The Bible says that this happened on the day of, of the Sabbath. And it's interesting that when God does something in your life, Something miraculous. Something amazing. It's amazing how the haters come out of the woodworks. And the Bible says that this man picked up his mat and he was walking. I can only imagine that he was excited. I, I mean, 38 years of suffering, 38 years of being called an invalid, 38 years of not being able to use his legs. And he's walking, he's joyful, he's worshiping, he's praising God. When all of a sudden, out of nowhere, these people came and the, the sad thing it was that it was the religious leaders at the time. And they said, hey! You shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be carrying your mat. You're breaking the law. And let me tell you that first step that you think, that you take, it may be hard, it may be difficult, but you know that God has done something in your life. You know that God has cured you. You know that God has changed you. But you know what? There will be people that will point their finger and say, hey, I know who you were. I know your past. I know what you've done. You know what you gotta do. You just gotta keep walking. You just gotta keep worshiping. You just gotta say, hey, Jesus did this for me. It wasn't me. I couldn't get to the water. I couldn't find the answer. The answer found me. Come on, church. What are we gonna answer today? Do you want to be made well? Do you want to be made whole do you want to be complete father we come before your presence in just a moment we are all gonna answer and lord i just ask you today that you will give us faith lord that as we take our first steps that as we take those first painful steps that we can realize and that we can understand that you have already done it for us There is no fear. There is nothing that can hurt us because you've already done it. And today we respond to you, Jesus. Today we respond to you, Jesus.